following podcast is a production of the network. Check us out on BICBP-radio.com. You're listening to a Tip of the Cap podcast brought to you by Stinger Sports. Stinger Sports makes high-quality gear for the player who expects more for their money. Visit them today at www.stingerwoodbats.com and use promo code TIP OF THE CAP, all one word, for 10% off your next order. Stinger Sports. Look great. Feel great. Play great. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Tip of the Cap Podcast. I am Coach Jaws, and I am joined here today with the man from Hot Corner Athletics, Ronnie Burnick. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate being here. So I've been yeah, trying, trying to get on here for a little while. I know <laughs> I know there's a bunch of stuff going on. We're doing a lot. So I appreciate I appreciate you having me. Yeah, no problem. The uh I took I took a little bit of time off from the show just to give myself a little bit of a break during baseball's actual offseason. And that, you know. It just seems like everyone everyone's picking back up and I'm trying to get people on and we're going, wow, I, I probably picked the wrong time, but <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you could find uh, find some time to carve out for me here. And I'm glad to have you on the show. No, absolutely. I appreciate it. We got a lot of good stuff going on, so I'm excited to kind of dive into that a little bit and, and talk about where we're at and stuff like that. So absolutely. Well, first and foremost, we like to do the uh, the introduction, the who you are and where you're from and how you got here. So without further ado, let's get to it. For sure. So, um, again, for anybody who hasn't heard of, of me or Hot Corner, my name is Ronnie Burnick. I'm, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, grew up there and, and in high school, obviously. Like, I, I traveled all over the country to play travel ball. Um, I was in a lot of the PG big tournaments and stuff like that. And um, I had a bunch of, like, bigger schools that I was looking at that kind of offered me, you know, like, preferred walk-on spots, not that much money, things like that. So I kind of kept my options open. Um, I, I committed, ended up committing to Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, I was a sophomore in high school um, as a two-way and, you know, it ended up working out where like 10 days before signing day, they dropped their baseball program. So I kind of said no to all these schools and committed to Duquesne. I was really excited about going there, um, you know, and then, and then they dropped baseball. So I was kind of in a scramble to find, find a place to go because everybody pretty much at that time had the rosters full. So I went to a, a pretty big showcase and I wasn't really a big showcase guy. I went to a pretty big showcase in Pittsburgh and, um, saw Mike McRae, who was at Canisius at the time. And, uh, you know, basically asked me to come to the prospect camp to see how I would perform against some guys that were actually already committed to Canisius. Um, and he pretty much offered me the very last spot on the team. Um, you know, so I ended up coming up to Canisius and, you know, just like every college athlete went through my growing pains. Um, I was very fortunate to sit behind my first year, a, a 17th round draft pick at shortstop who basically taught me everything. Um, you know, and in that year, I learned a lot about like myself as a person and, and a lot about baseball and had a really, really good experience at Canisius, played for a really tough but great baseball coach um, and Mike, Mike McRae. And, and then following my career at Canisius, um, you know, ended up at Niagara as an assistant for two years. And, and during that time, it was really like for me growing and figuring out what I wanted my career path to be. Um, you know, and, and with it being a cold weather area, you know, in the MAC conference that I was very familiar with, I, I thought that it would be my path was to be a college coach. Um, and what I realized during that time, you know, for people that don't know, like a third assistant in college baseball, like we literally make no money. So I had to figure out a way to, to pay my rent. And so I started working with athletes and kids and, and really found passion in training and developing youth athletes. And that's kind of how I got into doing my own thing. Um, you know, and then 2016, we founded Hot Corner Baseball Academy. So it was just baseball specific training at the time. Um, and I opened up in Amherst and, and that's kind of just streamlined from there. Um, you know, so I, I can get into, you know, the hot corner stuff a little bit more, but yeah, that's kind of what brought me here today. And, and I'm very fortunate for all the experiences in, in the past and, and kind of, you know, where we're at now. Awesome. I, uh, I got to go to a couple of camps that coach McCray had when I was younger in high school. And, uh, I was never really much of a pitcher, but I, I did go to a couple of his pitching camps just to try to get better at the craft. And then I, I loved everything the man had to say. Some of the stuff that I still teach you know, some of the, the younger guys that I work with comes direct from him, you know, and I, I'm huge on the idea of learning from people who have you know been there, seen it, done it, <clears throat> excuse me, and know more than I do. And yeah. then, I mean, that's what we do, right? We, we take the information that we learn from people that know more than we do and we pass it on. And, you know, coach McCray was definitely, definitely a lot of fun to learn from back in the day. 
Yeah. And, and you know what? I still talk to him. He actually just recruited one of our guys that, that's been training here the last few years. He's now the head coach at Wayman Mary. And, you know, he's taken over a program that he hasn't really like he doesn't all those kids are somebody else's kids that that recruited the school. So, you know, he's got a few years where he's going to have to rebuild the program. I've sent two kids to him already. Um, you know, one of the kids is at a division two school in Pennsylvania who's who's graduating and kind of going to go in there, played on Team Israel in the Olympics. And then the other kid's a high school kid at St. Joe's, Anthony Greco, who had a massive high school year last year. And, you know, he's now going to William & Mary. So that connection's obviously still there. And I've learned a lot from him, you know, even still now when we talk about, you know, how baseball's changing and the things that we can do to kind of improve. And, you know, that that's cool about the relationship because a lot of times you think that you go to college and you play for a coach and then, you know, after that, you never see him again. And, you know, we've been able to develop a really good relationship after school because I'm, I'm still in the industry. And, um, you know, we just pick, our, pick each other's brain and learn from each other. And it's been a really good relationship. So I'm very fortunate for that. And that's awesome. You know, it's, I, I think, I think you start to find that the, uh, the better coaches out there, you do that, you know, they do keep that relationship with their players because I, I believe that shows you care. Honestly, I, I think, you know, you're not just a kid that came through. You're not just a number that helped me get to a certain number of wins or help my resume. Like you're somebody I actually care about. And, you know, that's one of the things that I see with you guys, you know, following you guys on social media and watching what you guys are doing is, you know, it, it's not just, Hey, here's some really talented players with some good numbers. It's, you know, it, it, it dives deeper than that. And I, I think this is a good spot to segue into hot corner and what you guys do there. Yeah. So hot corner baseball camp, like I mentioned earlier, started in 2016 and, you know, realistically, I didn't really know what path we wanted to go. Um, I knew I wanted to train athletes, but I didn't really know to what capacity. And I, and I knew I wanted to kind of be my own boss. Like that was, that was a big piece to it. Um, you know, but hot corner baseball Academy really was a facility that had team rentals and did private lessons. And that was pretty much it. Um, you know, and what it started to happen is a lot of our athletes were peaking. And it was because we didn't have any type of physical fitness or sports performance training that we could do to improve that. So I was very, very lucky to connect with who's now my business partner, Sam Combo, who basically helped me open Hot Corner Performance Center, which was strictly baseball and softball specific athletic training. So we did all their programming and movement quality stuff and strength conditioning programming. And, you know, we were in two separate locations and it was really challenging because I was working with athletes and he was working with the same athletes, but we were never together. Um, and to a lot of people, like, I think COVID really did a lot of like negative to businesses because, you know, we weren't able to be open. It actually gave Sam and I time to get on the same page and really learn about, you know, who we are and what path we wanted to go. And, you know, we decided during the COVID layoff that we were going to combine the two facilities into one and make it hot corner athletics. And that's kind of where hot corner athletics came from is a combination of two separate companies that were all into one It all fed into one, but you know, now it's one consistent system that works together. And every single athlete that comes to hot corner now that's 13 years or older has to go through our entire performance evaluation and our baseball evaluation to see, you know, for us to be able to give families what the athlete really needs. Um, when you think about the industry itself, the majority of it is sign up for private lessons or sign up for a 10 pack or, you know, go and sign up for one lesson to see if you can get a quick fix before your season starts. And for us, it's way deeper than that. It's who are you as a person? What type of training have you gotten outside of here? Um, and what's best for you? Because you might come into hot corner and think that, you know, I need to just get bad hitting lessons. You know, but with our evaluation process, we now understand, you know, you may still need to do skill space, skill based training, but a lot of your issues in hitting might not be, you know, from your issues in hitting. It might be because you have a physical limitation that doesn't allow you to move the way that you want to. And so we're able to basically take our entire evaluation process and give people like a real idea on what's going on. And so with that, like, I think now parents understand, we really pride ourselves in this. Like we genuinely care about the people, period. Like if they come and do our evaluation and never come back to Hot Corner ever, they at least know what they need to work on. And right. so if they were to go somewhere else, like obviously we would love to have them with us, but if they were to go somewhere else, you know, they're just fighting themselves if they don't actually look at that evaluation and realize what we're really trying to do here is, is just help you. You know, so there are a lot of kids that come in that are like, I just want to do hitting lessons. I just want to pitch. And it's like, let's really see what the big picture looks like here. And let's put you on a developmental plan that is actually going to improve. And so, and like, I know you and I talked kind of off air about this, but that's why I think a lot of the kids that came to our PBR did so well, 
That's why we had, you know, three guys hit 100 and our top five were 97 and above. It has nothing. I mean, it has something to do with our, our hitting training, but it has more to do with we actually have guys on the right developmental plan to get better. Um, and that's how we're able to do it with baseball and softball. It's how we're able to do it with our catching program, our infield and our pitching programs all combined is we're able to tell people what they really need versus what they think that they, that they need based on like the typical industry of, you know, just signing up for lessons. So that's kind of where hot corner is headed. Um, you know, we went from our 4,000 square foot facility in Amherst to an almost 18,000 square foot facility in Lockport. Um, you know, our sports performance center is the size of our entire old facility. Now uh, we went from two cages to four cages. We had no infield space. Now we have almost a full infield and we went from no pitching mound space except for the cages that we had at the old facility to we actually have a pitching lab like it's a legitimate three mounds that are in the ground that you know we have a track man unit where we can actually test you know velocity spin rates you know vertical and horizontal movement stuff um you know so we actually have a legitimate pitching lab now and we're very fortunate to have the amazing coaches that we do um you know i mean this is western new york so the guys that are in here know Charlie Mack with the Twins, Joe Mack with the Marlins, and Matt Cross with the A's, uh, John DeMarte, who pitched in the Olympics with Team Israel, um, Caitlin Atfield, who was drafted ninth overall by the Dallas Chargers, our head softball coach, um, you know, Jake Berlingame, who played at Canisius and was a first-teamer last year, and then Brennan Smith, who just signed with uh, the New Jersey Jackals in the Frontier League, is another one of our pitching guys. So we're very fortunate to have amazing, amazing, um, you know, coaches We've got Chris Guerin and Bree Clark, who are the head, head baseball and softball coaches at Williamsville East. You know, so we have a really, really good core group of coaches. Um, and I can name everybody, but we, could have, we have a really good core group of coaches that all work together. Um, we're not in it to fight with each other about training. Like the majority of our coaches have worked with multiple of the same athletes. Um, you know, so there is, no, there is no argument whether I'm taking a kid from you or you're taking a kid from me. Uh, we all work together to make sure that every single athlete is developing the highest possible way, the, the best possible way that they can. And I think that's what separates us a little bit is, you know, we're a team. And I think if our coaches can be a team, then we can make the kids that train with us a team. And that's, and that's how I think we grow. And I think that's one of the biggest things too. You know, I, <clears throat> I've been in the individual or the private lesson sector for a while now. And um, my current day job doesn't allow me to coach in the summer, which I would love to get back into, but it just hasn't been in the cards yet. So I've kind of just been in the, you know, individual private lesson side of things. And I can tell you that's one of the toughest parts of my job is, you know, no matter where it's been that I've been doing lessons, that that all inclusiveness is hard to find. Right. You know, so so part of my job becomes finding places that I know my guys who want to work, who want to who want to grow can do so. You know, and there's times I've had other coaches in the facility who, whether they work there or they're just training a team there, all of a sudden, you know, you see them and they're, you know, kind of kind of talking off to the side about what you know with another kid about what he could be doing or what he should be doing and you know it, it becomes detrimental to, to a point so that that team atmosphere that you were talking about with your whole staff just everybody you know you're, you're not worried about the guy next to you trying to steal your client the second you walk away like it's it's your team it's your crew and you guys are all on the same page for a common goal and I think that's fantastic yeah and, and we and we do in services like every month we actually train our coaches like you know, next Saturday, we're doing uh, a baseball sequential order in service. We're actually talking about the sequence of hitting and pitching and how that actually applies to you know, the specific skills. And we're going to have Sam and, and Rick, who are two sports performance coaches, they're going to add some insight to that on how they can actually train that in the sports performance center and create just massive synergy between the two programs. And, you know, for us, like that's the biggest thing. I want all of our coaches to know that we care about each other, number one. And then number two, like that will filter down to the kids. You know, if you're at a facility or, or any type of training place or even travel in house baseball where, you know, you've got two or three or four or five coaches arguing back and forth about what's right, what ends up happening is that that feeds down into the kids. So now then the kids are going to argue with each other about, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, so for us, it's like, we want every single coach that we have to work together and, and understand, you know, how they can add insight. You know, a, a couple of our coaches, Casey Guerin, who, you know, won NFL player of the year whenever he was at Wheatfield and you know, Chris Guerin, same thing, like all these guys will come to me and say, hey, here's some things that I believe can help Hot Corner be better, you know, and I'm not the kind of person that's like, no, we're going to do it my way. You know what I mean? I, every single person that works here, I want them to know that their insight matters and what they say actually ha it holds weight to us. Um, you know, whether you're a 17 year old kid that works here, like Bailey Briggs, who's going to Rutgers, 
or, you know, you're me who's been doing it for almost 10 years now that that does it. All of our information actually matters. What we say to the kids means something. So when we do our in-services or staff meetings, I like everybody to talk to us so that we can work together. And I think that's something that collectively in Western New York, we need a little bit more of is coaches working together, you know, and, and even going back to like other private coaches, I don't have anything against other people doing their own training. I think it's great. Um, you know, and I want to help everybody and it's not a competition for me because at the end of the day, you don't play anymore. I don't play anymore. We're not going to the big leagues. You know, it's about the next crop of kids that are coming through here, here to have a great experience in the game. And, and that's what we're trying to do. You know, and I think that's, that was actually lead me. Ah, sorry. That actually leads me into another question I had. Do you get any pushback from high school coaches and not anybody specifically, just in general, you know, high school coaches, travel coaches, other instructors, other people in the same world as you, you know, as you and I, uh, I know, I know that I deal with it sometimes where, you know, you're working on a kid with something and all of a sudden you hear from somebody else like, yeah, he told me not to do that. Or he told me he didn't like this or you know, anything like that. Or, you know, and then specifically in the sports performance world, you know, uh, I know that in conversations I've had with other people, the, the idea of baseball players and softball players specifically being in the weight room, throwing iron around and stuff like that kind of gets some pushback because, you know, that's a football thing. You know, have, have you seen any of that over the, especially now that you're expanding and kind of growing a little bit out there? Yeah, we're at a point now. I mean, we, we work with over 3000 athletes. And so, you know, you're going to get the good and you're going to get the bad and you're going to get the pushback. I mean, we deal with it literally every single day. I mean, there, right. there are like no names. Like I said, no. it's not a bad thing. I think everybody has an opinion. They're entitled to that. But we get we get a lot of people that say don't go there because they only work on X, Y, and Z, or, or don't go to that place because they're only working on velocity training, or don't go here because they're only doing this. And it's like, you know, I challenge every single person that hasn't been to hot corner to come here and actually see what we do. And, and that's because I trust our program. It's not because I'm like, you know, we're better because that's not the case at all. It's, I want you guys to really see it, you know, cause what, what the perception is, is what it is. And your perception is fine. And everybody has that, but you know, for us, like at the end of the day, from a skill perspective, there are things that if a kid comes to me and says, I want to play at division one level, there are things that you have to do in order to play at division one level. You got to be a certain speed. You got to hit the ball certain, like a certain speed. You got to throw so hard. You know, there are things that you, that have to happen to be able to do that in the developmental process. That becomes something that we focus on because if that's what your goal is, that's what, that's what we're trying to get you to. Um, you know, and, and honestly, strength conditioning is, is such a funny, it's such a funny world now too, because in the baseball and softball world, you're seeing it become a way more athletic sport. It's a speed and power sport. Now it used to be like, especially during steroid era, it was like lift, like a football player, get absolutely huge hit bombs. And that's it. You know, now what you're seeing, you're seeing way more athletic people. Um, you know, we have been very fortunate to train Matt Brash, who's on the 40 man with the Seattle Mariners this past year. He was a fourth rounder out of Niagara. We've been very fortunate to have him and even Joe Mack here this past year. And watching how different those guys are athletically has been very eye opening to us. So we know that, you know, strength conditioning isn't get underneath the bar and bench 300 pounds. Strength conditioning is, okay, what's your movement quality look like? What's your power look like? How strong are you? you know, what your core body strength look like, you know, how fast are you, you know, speed and power kind of are, are um, pretty similar. So those are things that we look for. And what Sam and Rick do a phenomenal job of is actually making sure that the athlete is hitting every single piece of what they need all the time. Right. So they hit, they hit the power, they hit the strength, they hit the speed, and we're very big on mobility. Um, you know, for those of the people out there that, that don't really know about on base, you, it is the biggest number one movement quality screening that is used in our sport now. And, you know, me, Sam, um, Matt cross, and then a PT that we're working with are the only people in Western New York that are actually certified non base you. And that's part of it is a big part of our evaluation process. So we can see the, the movement quality of the athlete before ever watching them lift a weight. And those are the kinds of things that you're starting to see in baseball now. So we get a lot of kids that say, you know what, I don't need to spend the money to come to hot corner. I'm just going to go to crunch fitness, or I'm just going to go to, um, you know, we're at planet fitness or wherever else. And the challenging part about that is how do they know what they're working on is correct? 
Right. And for us, it's like, like realistically, I, I'm very mobile. I'm not a very strong person. Sam is very strong and now is becoming more mobile because it's something that he needs to hit on. But now like with every athlete, we can understand exactly what they need to go and push them. And then what you see is like, if they didn't hit for two months and all they did was their strength conditioning stuff, they will hit the ball harder. Right. You don't have to, you don't have to hit. You just get stronger in the weight room. That's that's one of the things I've seen, you know, and it's, it's a point that I've, I don't want to say argued, but kind of argued, I guess, with certain people, you know, one of the, one of my favorite stories I was had, a, I was sitting at the front desk of one of the local facilities that I work at. And I had a, a father who, you know, his son was smaller, just, you know, genetics that happens. And he was like, Oh, you know, how do I get, how do I get my kid to, to, to grow and, you know, and just be like six inches taller. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that technology exists yet. And he goes, yeah, but I mean, I just need to, you know, to be able to hit the ball harder and throw a little harder. I was like, get him in the weight room. He's like, no, nah, I don't think that's the answer. And I'm like, but, but then what is, you know, and we had the full discussion on, you know, if, if two athletes are equal, who wins generally speaking, the stronger athlete. Exactly. Right. And the more uh, powerful athlete, the stronger athlete, the guy who's getting in the weight room. And those are, that's what we've seen. Like, um, you know, there's a, there's a few guys that, that come here that have seen, I mean, look at, look, honestly, look at the PBR exhibition numbers, you know, those, those top five guys, they are in our weight room every day. It is not a secret. It is a direct correlation. They hit the ball that hard because they lift weights heavier than the majority of kids. And, you, and I've been able to see it. Like I even watched on the basketball court this year. I went to go watch a decent amount of high school basketball this year. And our guys are stronger. You can see it on the floor. So when it's, it doesn't matter if it's baseball, let's go sport by sport. But you know, if I'm jumping up for a rebound and I'm stronger than you, I'm getting a rebound. Right. And, and so like, you're seeing these just freak athletes now these amazing athletes playing on tv and we a lot of kids just don't think that that's possible but you know there's guys like aaron judge and there's guys like jose altuve and the only thing that both of them can do the same is work hard and and get in the weight room and train yeah you can't you can't grow eight more inches you can't just naturally wake up and be six eight like judge right but altuve was able to make it to the same place right so it directly comes down to how hard are you willing to work on the things that you personally need. You know what I mean? Now we, uh, you mentioned a few times, you guys just recently hosted a PBR event and yeah. you guys had a you know, great showing your, like you said, you, your top five guys all had exit velos over 97 mm-hmm. and it t- take me through that. Take me through the, just the entire experience of hosting the event at your place and, you know, and seeing your guys succeed in, in that way. Yeah. So Dan Savita actually, and I have had this conversation multiple times where there's some really big negative kickback on PBR in Western New York. People don't want to do it. They don't like it. They don't think it's necessary. And, you know, I've, I've actually, and I've told them this, like I've flirted with this a little bit too. Like if it's, if it's something that we need, you know, it's expensive, it's not cheap, but I will tell you this PBR is a phenomenal job. Their big events are huge. Um, you know, the scout day that we ran here, like we, we have some spacing limitations, like we couldn't do a full 60 yard dash. We couldn't do a full infield. So those are some things that like we'll learn for in the future, but regardless, we want to get our guys exposed. And, you know, if they're not going to travel down to Florida and, and Georgia and Texas and all these big places to play in the summertime, because of, you know, finances play a huge role in that, you know, PBR does a phenomenal job of actually exposing guys locally. And so, you know, we wanted to try it and I wanted to get them in here and see what our turnout was going to be. And, and I was very ambitious. I was like, you know, we're going to get 60 kids. And as I was going through the process, I realized like there's a lot of people that push back on this. So, you know, we ended up with 47, um, which was really good. And honestly, a lot of the guys were younger, but it was cool because our younger guys could see what the older guys were, where they were at. Right. And what we learned from that was that our younger guys are now asking us, you know, how does that guy hit the ball that hard? you know, how does this guy throw that hard? And it's like, well, you know, here's what you're doing as an eighth grader, ninth grader, and here's what they're doing as juniors and seniors. The faster you get on this process, the faster you're going to get there. So we've been seeing a, a big turnover, even internally with guys that are wanting to do more here. Um, you know, but, but for us, we knew that we were going to compete hitting wise. And I was very, I was very, very like confident in the way that we were going to hit. Um, you know, like I said, we had, we had three guys hit the ball over hundred miles an hour. Our top five was, I think it was 96.8, you know, 96.8 and above. We had 16 guys over 90 miles an hour. Um, we had an eighth grader hit the ball 90 miles an hour. Wow. Like, you know, some really, really cool stuff was going on and, and it was competitive. And the one awesome part about the whole thing was that none of, we don't run travel teams. I will never run travel teams. I don't believe in it personally, 
Um, it's not like in our business model. We were a team that day and every single kid that was here was there for the other person. I mean, the entire facility stopped to watch Dalton hit. Right. The entire facility stopped to watch Owen, Owen Smith hit. You know, like we wanted our guys to perform and compete and get better. And I think that that really showed us a lot about who we are and what we're doing because every single kid plays for a different travel team. Right. But they're a part of our family. And, and that really meant that really means a lot. So like that was a big, cool piece to it. Um, you know, I, I would say that it was cool to, for us to see where some areas that we can definitely improve. Um, you know, the majority of our pitchers are now just getting season ready. So I feel like, you know, the pitchers weren't hundred percent ready that day, but we still had some guys that have really good showings. Um, you know, and other than that, like, I think the event was really good, but I knew from a hitting perspective that we were going to do well. And, and we did, we, we showed out pretty well to hitting. You know, and it's interesting you say that too, because, you know, the, when we talked about this before we hit the record button here, you know, Dalton came to the very next day, there was a PBR event in Rochester and Dalton was there. And when he was hitting, you know, a couple like uh, every coach that was there scouting came over to watch and, yeah. you know, the kids that were in line were there kind of watching, but it, it wasn't the, oh, I need, I need to see this moment that it was at your place because, and, and I think that part's cool. You know, you saw the kids that were, they're all on the same travel team, like three kids right in a row, all wearing the same hat or three kids right in a row, all wearing the same, you know, like the same uniform, except for the PBR shirt. And you know, I think it's cool that, you know, you can have an event like that at your place and all of your guys are there and your guys are hyping each other up and they're getting excited for each other. Because I think that's something that, you know, I, I really believe the baseball world in West New York needs. It, it doesn't need to be an I'm better than you or my team is better. My program is better. It's it's we need to be better in Western New York. Yes. I mean, like, let's put it let's put it in re like realistic perspective. Hot Corner alone had a first rounder, a big leaguer and an Olympian last year. Baseball's here. Yeah. It's not a competition. We're all trying to do the same thing by people, you know, and, and full circuit powers got pro guys. West New York strike zone's got pro guys there. And I'm not going to West New York strike zone and full circuit power. And I'm saying, you guys have to come to us. It's great that guys are going all over the place. It's awesome because the more pro guys we have training at multiple places, the more people are going to want to come here, you know? And when I got here 10 years ago, like this area was not a baseball town. No. And we had Charlie Mack who was going to Clemson and no one knew, you know what I mean? And it was like, how are we going to blow up baseball in Western New York and get it to a point where people want to come here? Right. You know, we, now we've got like, like with Brash, Brash trains at our place. He lives in Canada. He openly decided to come to hot corner and train here for the, the last month and a half until his lockouts over until he goes to Arizona. Like we're on the way, just not even hot corner. Like let's just Western New York. Like we right. got a big, we got a big leaguer in Western New York right now. Who's choosing to be here. You know, that's massive for us. Absolutely. You know I mean? And so those are the kinds of things that I think, Overall, collectively, if we can all work together to just grow the area and educate kids and, and create a fun environment and not trying to go after each other, um, you know, it's kind of like, honestly, with everything, like the more we collectively work together, I think the better the area could be. Um, and we're just a resource. Like, and I tell people all the time, I'm not the end all be all. We are not the end all be all. We are a step in your developmental process. And while we're along that process, we want to just provide a really good experience. Absolutely. And, you know, it, it, bringing up the pros that are in the area, you know, you guys have, you, you mentioned full circuit, you mentioned Western New York strike zone, stuff like that. You know, I, I can tell you one of the, a young man that I'm working with who started catching as a, uh, as a sophomore on his JV team last year, purely out of necessity. Yep. You know, the coach kind of looked and said, can anyone do this? One of our guys is hurt. Another guy's struggling. We need a guy back there. And the kid was like, yep. I can do it. He, you know, working with him. I worked with him in the summer, but I told him like, listen, when tryouts come up, I want you to head over and try out for full circuit and see if you can make it because their lifting program is fantastic. Their teams are built the way I think you are going to grow. And some of the guys you get to work with over there. And now he's sitting here catching bullpens for, you know, Connor Gray and yeah. Gator Johnson and stuff. And this kid, he didn't catch until last year. And now he's yeah. catching pros and bullpens and stuff. And he's grown so much from it. I, I like, I can't imagine sitting there going like, no, I'm going to find you guys to catch. I'm going to find, cause I'm your, like, no, I, like go work with Charlie. I love Charlie. Charlie's a good friend of mine. You know, let's go, go over there, go see him. You know, I, I would have no problem sending guys to you at a, a, none at all, because if they're going to get better, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a certified strength and conditioning coach. I don't have somewhere to train people right now. 
So what good does that do me? I'd rather right. send them to guys who have full setups like you guys do, <clears throat> full training areas like you guys do, full-time on-site professionals like you guys do. And that kid is hitting the ball a ton right now. He's a skinny little kid. I mean, he's a skinny little thing. But I, I looked at him last night. I'm like, yeah, holy crap, this kid has grown. Yep. You know, you can just see the change in his muscle structure, change in his body, and just the change in the way he's playing the game. And it's because of guys like you guys and and and, and what you guys do that I couldn't imagine seeing programs like this and being like, not that in it. Yep. And I, and I, I think that's a, a big testament to the type of people that are coming into these these positions in Western New York. And you know, I honestly, I I, th- I think you're one of the people that is kind of trailblazing that because you know, you're, you're doing it the right way. I appreciate that. No, that's what, that's our mission. Like, that's our goal. You know, like we, like our four, our four core values at Hot Corner, we want to create leaders. We want to have really good character. We want to work really hard and we want to create a good culture. And that, that's something that can go all over the place. Like, that's not just like, that's, that's Hot Corner staple. We will hold you accountable to those four standards, you know, and I'm not even talking about baseball and softball. I never said anything in our four core values about baseball and softball. Right. And that's the one thing that like we, we, we struggle with this sometimes because as competitive as we are, we want kids to be as good as they can as baseball and softball, because that's our industry. But we always check ourselves to make sure that we're creating people that are becoming the best version of themselves, whether that's through our sport or whether that's just through life in general. And there's a lot of kids that come in here and I can't even tell you how many times I've had a kid sit across from me in my office and talk about life. And, and that's more of what matters for us because we're all aware that we are not all Joe Mack. We are not going to sign big money and go play professional baseball forever. I hope that works for every single person that walks in our doors if that's what they want. But I'm very, I understand that less than 1% of all the kids that walk in my door are going to do that. I'm very aware of that. So the majority of kids that I have in here, like they're going through real stuff in life. Like this COVID thing really messed a lot of kids up, you know, and they're trying to navigate life. They're trying to navigate struggles. They're trying to navigate family and school and college and everything. You know, and so we want to be there for them and provide good leadership to them so that hopefully one day they can do the same thing to somebody else, you know, and that's, that's, what's going to grow us. Like, and I, and I really believe that when we, when you care about people, you stick around for a long time, you know, if, and, and I love the numbers that we had. And I think that that's what makes us really good when it comes to the training perspective. But at the end of the day, no one's going to care 10 years down the road that, you know, somebody hit hundred miles an hour on exit velo. They're going to care more about how we treated their kid. Right. And we're going to care more about how we're treating kids now and, you know, what that track record is. And so, you know, at the end of the day, um, that's why we don't really listen to people outside of our of our circle, because, you know, going back to what you said earlier, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of people out there that are saying good, that are saying bad. Like it just it's part of it. You know what I mean? And I don't really look too much into it, but I know what we're doing and, and no one has been here for our, our deep, deep conversations. You know, and being able to take a kid who had a terrible day, and by the time he leaves us after an hour, that kid's happy. Right. Like, that means more than than how well they hit the ball that day. You know, and I, I think that's another thing that I like about, you know, and, and this is something I think is very, I, I think it's just behind, behind the times is we are dealing with kids nowadays who are dealing with more than any generation before them. And I mean, even, even just three, four years ago, yep. you know, we had a kid come in the office and, you know, he was just, he, he he had a really really bad day and it turned out he was going through some pretty serious family stuff yeah. and nobody knew yeah. and you know couldn't talk to his parents about it didn't want to talk to the team about it and he you know we can't, we pulled him in to talk to him because of some of the stuff that happened on the field and he broke down crying and told us and you know three hours later that kid walked out and like you know we we, we took him out for dinner because he hadn't had a hot meal in three days there you and go. like and just just basic stuff like that, that I don't, I don't know that I'll like people realize how deep some of this stuff goes and how much of a role model, how, how impactful coaches can be on players. Yeah. I mean, it gives me honestly chills thinking about that. Like seriously, because I think so many stories of that, so many kids that don't have a bat, so many kids that don't have cleats, so many kids that don't have equipment, you know, like we actually our our futures foundation, our nonprofit that we opened literally was to combat that because I saw way too many kids that were like, coach, I just can't afford a bat. And it's like, I, I, I got to get you one. Like, I got to figure out a way to get you one. And how right. much stuff do we have in our garages nowadays? Yeah. You know, like we did an equipment drive last year. I mean, I have like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pieces of equipment. We're doing a day of giving April 23rd. So anybody that's listening to this, um, you know, look out for it because 
not hot corner futures foundation is giving away everything that we have in our unit to, to kids that need stuff. Um, you know, not to kind of get off topic, but realistically, like that's the biggest piece to us is like, you don't know what's going to provide that value. Like the kids that can afford to be here and that, and that want to make it pro and that are pushing to make it pro or college or whatever the case is, we can provide that. But like, we see higher impact in the kid that needs hot corner, you know, like, um, like that was my story. Like baseball was my outlet in life. You know what I mean? And, and for me, like, that's what kept me going. I, I truly believe that baseball kept me out of trouble. You know, I was around really good people and, you know, I did a lot of really good things with a lot of good people and played a high level baseball. And those are the kinds of stuff that like, like I look back now and I'm like, when I was 13 years old, where was I, what was I doing at 13, 14, 15, you know, and now I look at another 13, 14, 15 year old kid. And I, I don't lose sight of that. Like there's a really good shot that they're, they're thinking about something or dealing with something that we don't know. And so if I can provide any type of fun feedback to them, you know, for the next hour of their life, you know, at least I, I was able to make an impact. And those are start, those are things I'm starting to see now. Like we've now had kids graduate. We've now had, you know, kids that don't play baseball anymore. And, you know, I'll go to Walmart and I'll see a kid that I haven't seen in three or four years. And he's like, Oh my gosh, I remember, you know, we used to train, you know, I was super thankful for that time. You know, I'm like, okay, perfect. We created a good experience. Right. And the more I see that, the more I'm like, okay, I think we're on the right track here. Just, you know, as a company in general. And I, I don't think like, you know, talk about the futures foundation. I don't think that's, you know, off topic at all. I mean, that that's part of it, right? I mean, that's that, that, you know, doing stuff like that and having that positive impact is really, you know, why we're all here. Yeah. You know, I, cause no, you know, we, we talk about all the time. Nobody cares how many plastic trophies you have. Nobody cares how many medals you won, how many tournament MVPs you got down the road. They care about who you are and what you do and how, and how you are as a person. And we as coaches have a direct impact on that. Yeah. You know, I, we are, we are that that's yeah. what we are. You know, we're like, and I, and I honestly, and that goes back to like the coaching thing, like we're not in this in a competition, right. You know, like I'm not hating on anybody that works at all in sports performance park, full circuit, Western New York strike zone, you know, wherever any other facility in Western New York, nice center, it doesn't matter. I'm not against you guys. As long as we are all together providing the right value to the kids, then we're all in this for the right reasons. You know, but as soon as you get into that, like, well, I got to take this kid or that kid can't go to hot corner because of this X, Y, and Z. It's like, we're losing the sight of what this is all about. We're right. losing what we're really trying to do here. You know, you got to remember, like, if you play in college baseball, 7% of every single high school baseball player in the entire world plays in college. Like, let's be realistic. What about the 93% that aren't right? You don't want them to hate this game whenever they leave it. No, I'm saying like, we want them to watch baseball for the rest of their lives. That's why we play it. We don't, the game doesn't owe us a single thing. And so if we can provide a good relationship and a good experience for these guys all collectively across the board, we are killing it. And that's how we're going to blow Western New York baseball up because it's on its way. Yeah. We're going to watch I, Joe on TV. We're going to watch Joe Mack on TV for a long time. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm hoping we're going to be like Jonah Heim too. I hope, hope he's another Heim one to watch. Dang. I mean, I, 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 I got chills watching him here in buffalo last year like that that right. was just that was so cool like I, right. I coached the kid for a year when he was 13 and i'm like i'm watching this kid play in the show that's insane and you know, a lot of people a lot of people have no clue that that stuff's here yeah that kid was at amherst high school yeah you know what i'm saying like amherst high school he played here he stayed here he's in the show he's playing on tv and making a really good living and we're able to watch him every day and, you know, and like, he was he was the later of two draft picks from this area that year. Exactly right. It's insane. Exactly right. So what's going to happen as we continue to go? I mean, that's the one thing I try to, I try to explain to people. I was I was super entrenched in the whole Joe thing last year. Like I I talked to every GM, every scouting director. They trained at my place, I and mean, we had people in and out of here all the time. And like now that I think about it, I'm like, what a blessing was it that we had everybody in in baseball here last year. Right. We had the Toronto Blue Jays. We had a first round draft pick. I mean, we had everything. That was yeah. the staple. So now my goal is like, how do we get back there? How do we get more people to want to come here? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't, I don't want it to be another 50 years before we have a first rounder again. No. You know, like the last first rounder was like LaSalle High School in like the 70s or something or 60s or 70s. And it's like, why do we got to wait 50 years for that? Like, let's really like if kids have that dream, let's provide everything that we can to, to give them that dream. I, and I, I don't think it could be said any better, you know, cause I think, and I, I do think a lot gets lost in the, uh, 
in, in the travel teams and the wins and the tournaments and everything else. And at, at some point, if it's not about development, well, what are we doing? You know, and, and just and developing as a person, not just a ball player, because I, I firmly believe y- you don't get that far without having personal development outside of the game, too. Well, look at how look at all the big league guys that are that have foundations that are given back. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like it's not like they go and make all these millions of dollars and stick it in their pocket. Yeah, of course, they set their families up. Of course, they set their kids up. Of course, they they live a nice lifestyle. They've earned it. But at the end of the day, like, think about all the stuff that they're donating to. They're giving millions of dollars to hospitals, millions of dollars to other foundations, millions of dollars to kids. Like, that's what they're doing because they can. And I think we lose sight of, you know, the good that's in the game. And, you know, I, I did a podcast, you know, a, f- a few months back and, you know, I basically told the guys, I was like, you know, at the end of the day with this whole thing, like development overall is all the way through high school. Like there is no part of high school that you're just like, okay, roll the balls out and go play. Right. Oh, part like showcase baseball. You are still developing period. I got to college. Like, this is kind of funny. Like I got to college and I was, everybody does this. I've, 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 I've seen this with every kid I've ever coached. You go to college and you're like, I'm going to crush it. I am so ready. I'm going to be the <laughs> dude as a freshman. And then you get there and like dead serious. I was the 35th player at Canisius college. I was the worst player on the team my freshman year. And I could play like I ended up playing the next three years. I was the worst player because it didn't matter what I did in high school. I was still behind. I was playing 23 year old kids and I was, I was just turned 18 and, you know, you got to learn the system and the program and things like that. So like, why would we stop that development at 15, 16 years old? Right. Need it more than ever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that if we can provide that and that's, that's why, you know, with hot corn, I said it briefly earlier, we will never run travel teams out of here. Um, for me, it's against the model. I'm able to get kids to college without, you know, having a travel program. Um, you know, we can put them in the right place, place them where they you know want to be and, and help everybody. But you know, I think that's why we can't forget about development and, and kind of go away from just the baseball development too. like we're creating people. Right now, um, you're part of the dugout coalition, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big, big, huge, massive part of it. Yeah. Let's uh, so let's talk. Let, let, just explain that a little bit. Kind of kind of dive into that piece a little bit, because that's uh, I think that's a pretty big piece of your puzzle, too, isn't it? Yeah. And it's funny because we haven't, like, I don't, I don't push, push it, but it's getting there. Um, So dugout coalition is basically a collective unit of of five coaches that have come together um, to create an online coaching platform. So we have a coach's certification. We're in the process of developing mini certifications for, you know, expanded development. Um, We had Michelle Switzer from Williamsville North actually help us create our softball certification, which is, you know, she did a phenomenal job. She's awesome. Um, You know, so dugout coalition basically is, right now meant for the parent coach that doesn't have time to do what I do and do what we do for a living that wants to learn about the game. And all we do is, is it's a very, no, not expensive cost. We feed it into their team fee and every coach on that team can get certified. And so the goal behind this is, you know, as Ronnie Burnick, I actually looked at my numbers the other day, I am only able to work with like 200 athletes a month. Yeah. And that's a lot of athletes. Right. So, and then my other coach can only work with 200. So when you work with a a travel team, if I'm trying to work with the travel team myself, I'm only hitting 10 to 15 kids for the travel team. If I go to the coaches, every single coach I train is 15 kids. So now we want to train coaches to train athletes. So our reach is going to be way bigger. Um, And what we're doing with dugout coalition now is we're actually working through the certification to make it better. And um, you know, instead of us creating the content, I'm going out and I'm finding really, really qualified coaches that are specialized in certain content pieces that can create, you know, better content for us. Um, right now, the main certification, it's a lot, it's 40 hours worth of training, but you hit um, mindset in every weekly module, you hit team defense, pitching, catching, hitting, base running, you know, we go through old school base running, new school base running, we go through old school catching, new school catching. You know, I mean, we literally hit everything in there. And the goal for that is just to give coaches a base knowledge. And then with the mini certifications, as, as they get dropped, you know, that's where you can get an expanded knowledge from that. But, um, you know, our biggest piece to it is we want to connect as many coaches as possible to give them education so that they can do a better job within their house programs or travel organizations and things like that. So, um, you know, like I said, we're not, we don't charge crazy amount because we want it to be in, in people's hands, but, um, 
you know, as we continuously, you know, grow through this thing, you're going to see more people pop up. And then uh, the last piece too is we're, we're starting to run events. So on April 3rd this year, we're running a, a summit. So we're going and getting 16 highly, highly qualified coaches around the country that are going to come in and speak for 30 minutes on, um, you know, a certain topic. Uh, we're literally charging 25 bucks for it. It's, it's almost pennies, you know, to the dollar, you get eight hours worth of, of training. So you just sit through Zoom calls, you can ask questions at the very end. Um, you know, Jason Ferber, who's the most followed social media baseball coach in the entire country is 150,000 followers. He's a speaker. Um, you know, I'm oh. trying to go talk to Lou Cologne, who's the infield coach at, you know, USA Baseball. We got the recruiting coordinator at Dayton. Um, you know, just tons and tons and tons of really, really qualified coaches that are going to be on here. And, and the biggest thing with that is, again, education. You know, people want to learn and they're willing to learn and they, and they want to get better, but they don't know where to go. You know, you're not just going to type in on Google hitting mechanics because anything could pop up. Right. You know, you're not, you know what I mean? So what we want to do is just educate people to be able to give them an, an option to just learn. And that's that's really the big piece with D.C. So we're on the way. We're crushing it. We had 50 teams last year. We're probably going to have over 100 this year. Um, you know, so think about that. 100 teams at 15 kids a team. We're hitting a pretty good amount of kids as we go. So absolutely. And that's really cool because, like, I, I, I know I've seen stuff about the dugout coalition and saw, like, a couple, a couple snippets on what it was, but hearing the actual mission behind it is really cool. Cause it's, it, you know, it was something I saw and like, and I'm glad I actually got to ask you about it. Cause it's, I think it's really awesome. Um, you know, I tried to do something similar on a smaller scale, uh, when I was working with the local little league and there was a little bit of pushback on it and, uh, you know, but it, it, the whole thing was, was really, I, I loved the idea and I, I love hearing about what you guys are doing. So, um, we're, we're coming to the end here, uh, and I usually like to save this this last, like, 10 minutes or so for you to, one, one of your favorite baseball stories, whether it's you playing, you coaching, working with a kid, whatever it might be, and then any kind of shout-out, copious, uh, you know, copious plugs, whatever it may be, the time is yours. Give me a good baseball story and then anything else you want. Okay, so I got a softball story for you. Um <laughs> Yeah. So this is, this is my softball story. So this is kind of, this is kind of a really like a, a big piece to, I think why we're, where we're at. So in 2016, I opened hot corner baseball Academy. I got this family, uh, the Briggs family. So Alexis Briggs, who's at Franklin Pierce, Hunter Briggs, who played at star point and then Bailey Briggs, who was 11 at the time. And, you know, the family was very into, you know, wanting to come to hot corner. It was like super bought into me and I had nobody. I mean, I was just getting started. So they started coming to me and I, I, I was like super ambitious. I'm like, I coach in college. I'm going to take video of every kid. Let's go and do this. And I watched Bailey, the youngest one, take her first swing. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like that she's not ready. Like she can't play. Like what, what am I getting myself into? Like I was you know, going home and I'm, you know, we let her Bailey and I laugh about this all the time. Now we are contemplating, like, I'm like, do I want to go back into college? You know, like, I'm really thinking, like, you think about this as a coach all the time. You're like, how do I help this kid? Like, I don't know what to do because they just, there's so much to work on. You just don't know what to do. Well, right. Long story short, you know, I basically went back to the family. I said, I need to see this kid multiple times a week. And if I do that, you know, we're going to get her to a place where, you know, she's going to be ready. And the really, really cool part about it is the, the recruiting process got ultra stressful this year. I mean, it was such a challenge to try and like figure out where she was going to go. And, you know, I got videos on our social media of where she started versus where she's at now. And it's so cool because from somebody that was on a, a B-level travel team in, you know, six years ago in 2016 to now committing to Rutgers in the Big Ten is like literally one of the coolest coaching things that has ever happened, you know, and it's really helped our program because, you know, you do this for the right reasons and, and you don't know where kids are going to go. So, you know, the cool story for me is that it doesn't matter where you start. I was four foot 11 as a freshman, as a freshman in high school, I played division one baseball, you know, and that goes back to your point about the kid who's small. And, you know, the, this big success story for me is that, you know, Bailey was one of the first kids in their family itself is very good athletes. And, you know, Bailey specifically just, you know, wasn't, she was on a B team. Like, and we look at B teams, like, okay, the kids are never going to be any good. They're just playing right. to have fun. And just by hard work, she got herself to committing to a power five school and is going to have an awesome career. So, you know, big shout out to her for her hard work and big shout out to all the kids that are working hard at Hot Corner because now they can see that it's possible no matter where you start. And I think that's that's probably my, my coolest, biggest, you know, from a coaching perspective experience. Um, you know, from a player, 
I went to a school that had no conference championships ever in the history. I mean, they were lucky to win four games, you know, before McCray got there and they were a bad team. And um, 2013, we changed the world with, with Canisius baseball and we won our first ever Mac title. And, you know, I can still feel what it feels like to win. I can still feel the stresses of it. Um, you know, as a player, that was, that was probably the pinnacle for me was being able to be a part of the first ever championship there. Um, you know, I still pride myself on that. I actually mess with a lot of Canisius guys. Now I'm like, Oh, you guys got the gloves that have the, the logos on them and you guys get all the nice batting gloves and the cool bats. Yeah. Yeah. We use the same bats for a couple of years in a row and like <laughs> I had to pay full price for my glove and couldn't get my logo on it, you know? So, yeah, but it was, it's really cool to be like a trailblazer in that and being a part of an amazing team, an amazing organization. I think that's where I got a lot of like my leadership skills from. And, um, you know, I, I would go back to 2013 and be a part of that championship team all day long. And I'm very thankful for that experience because it taught me how to do this. And, you know, so from a playing perspective, you know, I went to a school that wasn't a powerhouse and we, and we got to a point where my senior year, we were actually nationally ranked for a couple of weeks. And, you know, that's, that's very, I'm very proud to be a part of, you know, a system like that. So, you know, those are the two big ones. And then, you know, just in general, like from a baseball perspective, you know, I always shout my coaches out. They work super, super hard. They absolutely love what we're doing here. They're super bought in. Um, you know, we're a team, we're a family at, you know, whether these people stay here for the rest of their lives or move on to something bigger, you know, they're, they're a part of my family and I'm very thankful for who they are and, and what we're all about there. So I was super happy for that. And then, you know, obviously my hot corner futures foundation team, you know, our goal is to basically create the future of baseball, you know, and, and I run a for-profit business, of course, and, you know, we, I got to make a living somehow too, but, you know, that doesn't stop there. I do want to do something good for the community and anybody that wants to get involved in hot corner futures foundation, you know, if you know me, I'm a very team oriented person. Anybody that wants to be a part of the team is obviously welcome. Um, and then obviously with my dugout coalition guys, like we're creating a new standard in coaching. So shout out to those guys for working as hard as they do. So, you know, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a family guy. I'm a team guy. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm super thankful for my family. I got two little kids at home and uh, you know, for, so for me to be able to have, you know, them as a really great support system for how hard I'm working. I mean, you know, you got a pretty big piece of it. I'm involved in a lot of stuff, you know, I'm not home very much, but you know, I've got an amazing support system in my family in Pittsburgh and my family here. And, you know, I wouldn't be able to do everything that I'm doing if it wasn't for all of them. So I'm very thankful for everybody in my life. Awesome, man. I appreciate you coming on. It's been a lot of fun to talk to you and, uh, you know, we'll have to do this again. I think there's uh there's rumor out there that, uh, we're going to sit down, me, you and Dan Savit are going to do this together one of these days. We are. We are. I'm super excited about it. You know, like I said earlier, Dan's a great guy. So thanks so much for having me on here, man. Like this is, this is big for Western New York. And, you know, I, I obviously have been around you enough to know that you're a good baseball guy in the area and I appreciate everything you do too. Well, and I appreciate that, man. And again, thanks for coming on. And, uh, that's going to wrap it up for Tip of the Cap podcast this week. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Tip of the Cap is part of the BICBP Radio Network, www.bicbp-radio.com. Uh, find us on social media. We have a Facebook page and a Twitter account. It's at Tip of the Cap Pod or just Tip of the Cap Podcast on Facebook. Like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and uh, I guess we'll catch you guys next week. In a post-apocalyptic world, decimated by a global pandemic, Two men will arise to talk about movies. Featuring the Quote King, Austin Kelm, the Wizard of Jaws, Derek Jaws, they are the Podducers.